0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join me in our call to worship. What brings us joy? What slows us down? What gives us hope? What makes us think? What invites us to wonder? What makes us grateful? Might it have something to do with the Holy One? Let us gather our hearts together and worship God.
1: calls us to follow him, but often our own path seems easier and the world's ways more tempting. Through the waters of baptism, God claims us and makes us God's own, but too often we forget whose we are. In his resurrection, Jesus gives us new life, but we cling to the old and familiar. Trusting in God's never-failing mercy... Let us confess our sin before God together. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have given us more than we deserve, and in some ways, more than we know what to do with. You have showered us in grace and filled us with song. You have given us not only life, but also purpose. There is nowhere we can go away from your presence, When is the last time we stopped to thank you? Forgive us, O God, for all we have taken for granted, and for all the times thanksgiving filled our hearts but never escaped our mouths. Show us how gratitude gives birth to more gratitude, and let it awaken in us a sense of joy. good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ was raised for us. Christ reigns in power for us and Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Jesus, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Since we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, let us be a sign and an agent of reconciliation in this world. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Please share with one another a sign of Christ's peace.
2: once again, welcome to worship on this Lord's Day. Jesus promises us that anytime two or three are gathered, he is there in our midst, and so surely the Lord is in this place. Whether you are a first-time visitor or a long-time member, you have made worship better by being here with us. We thank you for that, and it is always our hope that anytime you come through these doors that... If you are in need of comfort, you receive comfort. And if you are in need of challenge, that you receive challenge. But in any case, that the way that you go out from these doors is a bit different from the way that you came in. If you um, have not done so already and are seated near the maroon pew pads on the ends of the aisles, if you would sign your name and pass them down again, if there are people near you, you can look inside and see the names. If there are people near you that you don't know, change that before you go home today so that everyone might feel welcome and at home here. As you're doing that, a few announcements to share with you. For all of our confirmation students, we will be meeting in the parish hall. The bullet, I think all the information you got for this week said the Phillips Lounge, but we will be downstairs in the parish hall. And if you really like your friends, you will text the ones who aren't here yet to tell them that. We have a shelter open house at 1 o'clock. We are back in full capacity with the shelter. Um, So if you would like to learn more about that, we would love to tell you more and help you get involved in that ministry. Um, Adult education for today has already happened, but a bit of a reminder that the next four weeks, adult ed in between the services is a study of Diana Butler Bass's book, Grateful. And Beverly has copies that you can purchase if you are interested, or of course you can acquire a copy all on your own. And I am to tell you that she would love it if you read the book and attended, but you are also welcome to attend if you have not read the book. Um, In any case, it will be a good study, I am sure. There are other announcements listed. I do want to draw your attention to the announcement about Memorial Sunday. On November 3rd, we remember all of those um, known to us, named and unnamed, that have died. And if you would like any names to be included on the list that is read aloud in worship, please let us know the deadline for submitting your name. The names is Tuesday, October 30th, so please be mindful of that. And lastly, on the back, you see the list of fall fellowship gatherings. We, this has become a bit of a tradition here. Um, there are a few different ones. You should have received both an evite and a paper invitation to one of these. If you didn't, we made a mistake. We would love for anyone and everyone to come, so if you have not yet received an invitation, let us know, and we will remedy that right away. A lot of details to be thrown at you quickly, but these details are the means by which we become community and know one another, so they are holy. But now let us turn our attention to Holy Scripture.
3: Our Old Testament lesson today is from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 1 and 4 through 7. But first, let us pray. Open our hearts, O God, that we would hear what you need us to hear. Speak to us again using these ancient words to lead toward new life. Amen. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests the prophets, and all of the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city, where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Are there any children who would like to come forward, or young people? Okay. Owen, do you want to come? Anyone else? Timmy, thank you. Okay. Come join me at the steps. I have um, something to show you. Let's see. Let me sign in. So... The past few weeks, we've been talking about joy, and I want to talk to the whole congregation as well. And Jenny, too! This is great! Um, So we've been talking about joy, and I thought I would show at least the folks up here what brings me joy. So these are the things that bring me joy. So this is my dog, Sadie, and this is Nymeria. This is my parents' dogs, Jackson and Susie, and then I also love Jenny's dogs, Annie and Rose, and Beverly's dog, Buttercup, and Mary and Andrew's dog, Chili, so you can tell that dogs bring me a lot of joy. If you've ever been in Central Park before 9 a.m., you're missing out. It is wonderful. The dogs are running and playing, and everyone is smiling, so I recommend go to Central Park before 9 a.m. My family and friends, they also bring me a lot of joy. Flowers and nature and mountains and hiking mountains, that brings me a lot of joy. Colors and coloring, I find it very relaxing and also brings me joy. Being creative and making things, that brings me joy. Reading and books and buying lots of books, that brings me a lot of joy. Baking and cooking, and then eating what I've baked and cooked, and then eating a lot of chocolate ice cream, that brings me a lot of joy, and then making sure I go on a long walk after supper to let it all settle, that brings me a lot of joy, too. And then that's it. So I'm wondering, what brings you joy? And anyone in the congregation, what brings you joy? Making new friends. Making new friends. Anyone else? Your children? I'm sorry. Fall weather. It's lovely today. Singing? Anyone else? Poetry, daughters, and granddaughters. Now, I try to do this. I don't do it every time. But when I, I think, or I see my family, or if I have to say goodbye to them, or if I hug my dog Sadie, or if I pick a flower, I try to say thank you to God. I'm not always good at this, but I try, and when I do, for me, it makes those things extra special. And so I'm hoping that we can all pray together. Will you repeat after me? God of love... Thank you for the feeling of joy. Thank you for for everything that brings us joy. Amen. Amen. Thank you both. Thank Thank you.
2: I had heard my name and my dog's names evoked at the nine o'clock service, so I had to see what was being shown. Friends, our New Testament reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, for the past six weeks, we have been working our way through a series titled Surrounded by Joy. Some weeks, the connection to joy was easy to see. Other weeks, a bit less so. More than anything, my intent has been to help us see joy through a variety of lenses. To remember that happiness and joy are two different things. Happiness is fleeting but joy is persistent. Happiness is dependent upon outside circumstances, but joy is a chosen state of being. And so we talked about the joy of being known by God, maybe known better by God than you know yourself. We talked about the joy of being found no matter how lost you are or how you manage to get there. We talked about the joy that comes to us through friendship, about the difference that friendship can make both in our lives and in others. We talked about the joy that hope brings to our lives and how it never gives up, not even on the very hardest of days. Last week, we talked about the joy of community, about how it takes all of us, for any of us, to be our best selves. And today, we conclude by talking about joy and gratitude. The longer I have thought about it, the more convinced I have become that this story is the most important word the Bible has to offer us on the practice of gratitude. I think this for all sorts of reasons, but this is the first one. This is the only place in all of Scripture where someone thanks Jesus. I actually still find that a little bit incredible. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, the Resurrection and the Life, the Good Shepherd, the True Vine, the Lamb of God, the One who time and time again pulls us up into the light and toward life, the one who forgives us more often than we deserve and heals us of our every ailment, only once does he ever hear the words, Thank you. And it happens here in today's Gospel. It's a curious story. Ten lepers, all healed by Jesus. Nine of them obediently continue on their way, doing exactly as he told them to do. One of them, actually veering from the instructions, turns around, runs back, falls at Jesus' feet, and says, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, watching all of this happen, Jesus does some quick math and asks where the other nine might be. Why are you the only one who returned, he says. And then he says, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Which sounds great. Except he's already been made well. That's what turned him around in the first place, noticing skin that is free of disease His gratitude is not what heals him. So this story seems a bit confused until you poke around and remember that our English translations let us down from time to time. Now, in verse 15, when the leper realizes he is clean, the verb used there refers to a physical healing. It's a different verb in verse nineteen. The verb there is so, and it you know, to translate that as made well is to choose the weakest of all the options. That verb is almost always translated as saved, rescued, delivered, and it is always in a divine sense. Getting well from an illness. Is one thing. It is no small thing, but it is one thing. Becoming whole and being saved, that's another matter altogether. So, what is it about gratitude that can save us? It's got to be about more than just good manners, doesn't it? Don't get me wrong, I'm all for good manners, but our faith has to be about so much more than that. So here's what I know with certainty. When I am grateful, I am a more joyful person. Back when I was in high school... Back in the days when phones were still tethered to walls and watches did exactly two things, my watch told me what time it was, and if I pushed the right combination of buttons, it functioned as a stopwatch. So I didn't just know that I was a slow runner, I knew down to a tenth of a second just how slow of a runner I was. But during a run one day, I hit the wrong combination of buttons and discovered that my watch actually had a third function. It could chime every hour on the hour, which initially drove me crazy, because it would jostle me out of whatever I was doing at the time, and I couldn't figure out how to turn it off no matter how many of the buttons I pressed. So after a few days of frustration, I can't remember who suggested it, or if I thought of it myself. I don't know where the idea came from, but I decided that I would say a silent, one-sentence statement of gratitude every time my watch beeped. So every hour, a prayer of thanksgiving for whatever it was I happened to be doing at the time. Now sometimes this was easy. Watching a movie with friends, thank you, God, for these people. Sitting in class, thank you, God, for this education. Other times were more challenging. Waiting at the end of a long line in the DMV, thank you, God, for the chance to sit quietly for a long time. While sick with the flu, thank you, God, for bodies that fight back against illness Fighting with my parents, thank you, God, they care enough to argue. It sounds a little silly, and make no mistake, there were more than a few times that I missed the chime. But more often than not, I said a quick, silent prayer of thanksgiving ten to twelve times a day, and I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt— This practice changed me. It taught me that there is always, absolutely always, something to be grateful for. I learned this in a different way from my friend Zoe. At the time, Zoe was three years old, and I was spending Thanksgiving with her and her family. They are some of my closest friends. The day after Thanksgiving, the kids begged for us to put up the Christmas tree, and the adults, we realized for a very brief period of time, we outnumbered the children, so we decided that this was strategically wise. We wrestled the tree into the living room and then up into its stand. The kids bounced on a couch, maintaining a safe distance, but unable to contain their excitement. The lights went up, and the kids yelled, "'Wow!' And then it was time to decorate. My job was to attach the hooks to each ornament and then gently hand it to a child. Now be careful, I warned them, these are fragile and beautiful and we don't want to break them. I called Zoe over, I said, Zoe, this one is for you, and I put a sparkly silver ball in her hand, and Zoe, with lights shining behind her eyes, and her eyes opened wider than I have ever seen them before, she held it gently, and she whispered, Thank you. This is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And because they were three years old, that routine didn't get old. Not once. Every ornament they took from my hands, the same words. Thank you, this is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. Thank you, this is the most beautiful one I have ever seen. And so I am somewhat, not entirely, but somewhat chagrined to tell you that About three-quarters of the way through the ornaments, I grabbed a wayward sock that was on the floor. It was striped with bright colors, but dirty on the bottom from covering little feet. I placed it on an ornament hook, and I handed it over. Thank you, Zoe said. This is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And she hung it on the tree, and her mother gave me a look. And then her mother laughed at her child. Zoe, she said, you just put your dirty sock on the tree. Are you even paying attention? And Zoe looked at her and said, but Mama, look, everything is beautiful today, even my sock. Zoe was paying attention, better attention than the rest of us, as it turns out. And I wonder if that's not the truest secret to gratitude. That not only is it powerful enough to make you stop in your tracks, turn around, and throw yourself on the ground, it is powerful enough to change the way we see the world and everything in it. It unleashes in us an imagination that is nothing less than holy, the kind of imagination that hangs a sock on a tree and says it's beautiful. The kind of imagination that looks at a loaf of bread and a cup of wine and says it's an endless and joyful feast. The kind of imagination that looks at a beach full of fishermen and says, All right, this will do. The kind of imagination that looks at a cross and says, do not let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid. The kind of imagination that looks at a sealed tomb and says, life will burst forth. It unleashes in us an awareness of grace. And that is the transformative work of gratitude, I believe. Gratitude puts the reality of grace right in front of our eyes, and it becomes the lens through which we see everything and everyone else. On our best days, that can change how we move through the world. It can save us. But if you are still wondering if saying thank you can really make that much of a difference... I will admit that it sounds a bit naive, even to me. But there is now research that backs this up. Several studies indicate that regularly practicing gratitude has a positive impact on your physical health from the way you feel when you wake up to your cardiovascular system, Doctors at the University of Texas Health Science Center, they say a growing body of research shows that gratitude is amazing in its physical and psychosocial benefits. And Brene Brown, a renowned sociologist, she says, In my 12 years of research on 11,000 pieces of data, I did not interview one person who had described themselves as joyful who did not also actively practice gratitude. For me, she says, it was very counterintuitive because I went into the research thinking that the relationship between joy and gratitude was if you are joyful, you should be grateful. But it wasn't that way at all. She said, instead, what I found was that practicing gratitude invites joy into our lives. In other words, she says, it's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. I believe this is true, both because my own experience and scripture itself tells me so, When we allow gratitude to shape our lives, we suddenly see the whole world shimmering with the presence of love. It happened once a day long ago on the road between Samaria and Galilee. And you are some of the ones who have taught me to trust that it can happen still today. Which is why I want to thank you now. Thank you for coming here week after week, because this thing that we do, this worship that we offer, it knits me back together. It makes another week possible. So thank you. Thank you for the ways you live your faith, listening to one another, working to get along with one another. You work to get along with me and Beverly and Rebecca and Andrew and Mary and Roger and all the rest of us. You stick with us even when a mistake is made. Being community is not always easy, but the daily effort of loving each other matters. So thank you. Thank you for asking good questions. Thank you for teaching me about faith and trust. Thank you for taking risks and trying new things in your paid work and in your daily routine at school and at home. You are filled with kindness and compassion, with a love of justice and a desire for mercy. That matters to the world, so thank you. I think that Jesus is right, saying thank you can save our lives. It seems too simple, I know. But the world comes alive, and we do too, when gratitude shapes us and directs our steps. It opens our eyes, and we see things that otherwise we would have missed. So friends, thank you for showing me that the kingdom of God is among us right now. Thank you. And thanks be to the one from whom all good gifts flow. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. With that hosanna and praise, friends, I invite you to remain standing as we together affirm our faith. And so we say, we believe in one true and living God. God is greater than our understanding. We do not fully comprehend who God is or how God works. The Lord's requirements are not always what we think. The Lord's care for us is not always what we want. Even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. We can have confidence in God's coming kingdom, even in the darkest of times. Jesus is the long-expected Savior. He was born of woman, as is every child, yet born of God's power, as was no other child. Through his birth, life, death, and resurrection— He brings about the relationship between God and humanity that God always intended. The Holy Spirit is God active in the world. The Spirit makes real in us what God has done for us. As long as we live, we will struggle with sin. But the Spirit's presence assures us God will complete what has been begun in us. We must not set our ultimate reliance on any other help. We must not yield unconditional obedience to any other power. We must not love anyone or anything more than we love God. We praise and enjoy God. To worship God is highest joy. To serve God is perfect freedom. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you are with us in the depths as well as the heights, the darkest valleys as well as the mountaintops. In this week that has brought violence, war, and natural disasters, we trust that you hear our cries and are with all who suffer. We pray for the Kurdish people in Syria and all who are suffering in this newly unleashed war those who have lost loved ones and leaders whose water and food have been cut off and who are fleeing their homes. Help us to reach out in whatever way we can to sustain and support them. We pray for those who are in the path of the fires in California, those who have suffered from the typhoon in Japan, and those who have lost loved ones in recent gun violence. Surround all who suffer from human-made or natural disasters and tragedies with your strong and loving presence and the support of the human community. Teach us the ways that make for peace and help us to walk in them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all immigrants and refugees. May they find a welcome and the support they need to build a better life. We pray for the reunification and healing of families who've been separated at the border. Be with all who are homeless or hungry, those seeking employment and those in prison and their families. Sustain them and give them strength and hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray and give thanks for all the helpers, those who search and rescue those who put out fires, those who help rebuild after disasters, who comfort those who mourn and counsel those in distress, who feed and house the hungry and homeless, and who tirelessly work for peace and reconciliation. Strengthen them, sustain them, and place us among their numbers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our country and its leaders in this time of national turmoil. Give those in leadership positions wisdom, humility, strength, and integrity. Guide their deliberations and decisions that they may do what is best for this country and all its people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those in the hospital those struggling with or recovering from illness, and those who are homebound or in long-term nursing care. Strengthen them, give them hope and comfort, and heal them through your grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who mourn, remembering the family and friends of Robert Haynes, Rose Dotson, and Barbara Torgerson. Comfort them, give them your peace, and the assurance of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear our prayers, O God, and give us grace, that we may live in love and gratitude and be your faithful disciples. In Christ we pray. Amen. With grateful hearts for all that God has given us, let us now offer our gifts and tithes.
0: Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. And so you are welcome, as God has meant it to be. So come and feast, you who are from near and far, you who are from rural towns or urban developments. Come and gather, you who seek justice, or you who simply want things to get better." Come to this table, you who have much faith, and you who may have questions. Simply come, for this is the Lord's table, and God is the one who invites you, and you are welcome here. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift
2: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right. It is right, O God, and it is also our joy to thank you and praise you. When we consider the heavens and the earth that you have created, when we consider the vast number of people you made to walk on the ground with all manner of language and custom and color, when we consider both the eagles that soar through the sky and the dogs that lay beneath our feet, when we hear a a song sung in perfect harmony, And when we hear the excited cries of a little one, when we consider all those who have gone before us and the story that binds us all together, oh God, when we consider all of this, how could we do anything but offer thanks and praise? So hear us now as we do exactly that, joining our voices with the angels and archangels, the sinners and saints, those beside us and those far from us, all who forever sing to the glory of your holy name. If that were all you had done, O God, we would still have every reason to be thankful, every reason to praise you until our voices ran out. But even that was not enough for you. It was not enough for this world and all of us to exist. You desired for this world to know love far beyond our capacity, for us to know love like only you can offer. So you sent us Jesus, your Son, who taught us how to live, who let us watch as he died, and who surprised us all by being raised up from the dead, once again showing us exactly what your love can accomplish. We cannot explain it, O God, but we can trust it. We can offer even more thanks and praise for it, and we can share it with others. So hear us now as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ will come again. O God, we give you thanks for that promise, not only for that long-awaited day, but also for this weekly table. Make your Son to be present within the gifts of this meal, that we would taste love broken open and grace poured out, that we might know something of your salvation every time we gather. Trusting in all of this, O God, hear the thanks and praise in our voices as we pray the way Jesus taught us.
0: The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup, and as he poured it out, he said,
2: This cup, this is the cup of the new covenant. It is shed for the forgiveness of sins. And he said, every time you drink of it, do so, remembering me. The Apostle Paul reminds us that every time, each and every time, we share this bread and this cup, we proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of
4: God. Let us keep the feast.
0: Loving God, our hearts have been fed and our soul nourished. And so as we have been served, help us to serve our neighbors. As we have been fed, help us to feed all who are hungry. As we have been loved, help us to spread your love into this world. Amen.
2: Just remember, it was the love of God that gathered you into this place this morning, and it is the same love of God that now sends you out into a world that is in deep need of what only you have to offer. So may joy and nothing less follow you all the days of your life. May you be blessed and may you be a blessing. And may you rest well today, secure in the knowledge that the Lord of light, who has brought you this far already, We'll lead you and countless others all the way home. Amen.